Thank you so much for listening to our podcast here at the Greenwood Church of God. We are so excited that you have found us here. Our prayer is that this podcast would enrich your life and give you strength for this week ahead. Thank you so much for being here. Now enjoy the podcast. So many needs. 
leads to a business. But I would venture to say that one of the best things is to have new customers. It's always good to have new customers. Amen? You know, it's always good that we have individuals that are new customers to maintain the business. And so as we look at this thought today, I want to talk to you about their presence matters in terms of reaching the lost. Because in a business structure, if you're not getting new customers, eventually the old ones, they're not going to always be there. How many know that to be the truth? In fact, there are communities even to this day that there was never new New residents, there was never new homes, there was never new business, there's, there was never new customers that was to come in and eventually everything would kind of fade away. And the same can be said for a church. You are not customers by any means. You are not people that we solicit anything to. But you are part of the body of Christ. And I believe that it is imperative that we have new people and new believers. Because if we were to really survey this area, I think we would be shocked when we come to the, the understanding of who all is part or who all considers themselves a believer. In fact, as we walk into this place or throughout this land that we call LaFleur County or Carroll County or wherever you live, some of us may just assume that everybody knows God or trust in Jesus. But I want to share with you today that not everybody knows the Savior. Not everybody has a local church. And so for the church, their presence matters. For us, it is important that we understand that we are not just about us four and no more. But the commandment that Jesus left with us is still to go into all the world and to preach the gospel to everyone that will hear. John 3.16 does not say, For God so loved the church, but for God so loved the world. Your neighbor he loved. Your family member he loved that doesn't go to church. That person that you probably cannot get along with at work. He loved them and he wants to save them and they are important to the body of Christ. Amen. So today we want to look at three things. They matter because they need, they are part of the mission. They matter because they need a Savior. And they matter because they can help the church. In the story, we are introduced to a man by the name of Zacchaeus. Everybody growing up in children's church remembers that song. Oh, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. And a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord. Y'all remember that? Did they sing that where you grew up in church? They sung it where I grew up in church. Sometimes we would have flannel graphs with Zacchaeus and a tree and Eric Jesus on there. And anyway, I'm reliving my, my golden years, I guess, my good years. I, I should have said golden years. Anyway, but I remember that old song. And we are introduced to this man named Zacchaeus who is considered to be a very short man because Scripture says he was. 
This man, Zacchaeus, hears about this man, Jesus, that comes into this place called Jericho, and he says, I've got to see Jesus. He comes up in a tree, he sees the Savior, and the Savior, you know, he always notices those that seek him. And so when he sees a man of short stature doing what he can to find Jesus, he says, I'm coming to your house. And in this we see that the plan of salvation is introduced to a man that is, as he reveals, not saved, not living for God. He is a cheat and a swindler. And he finds salvation. See, these type of people matter because it is the mission of the church first. See, the first thing we're introduced to here is the fact that Jesus comes to Jericho. Say Jericho. We're introduced to the walls of Jericho. In the book of Joshua, we are introduced to Jericho in the story of the Good Samaritan. And most of the time that we see this thought of Jericho, it is kind of symbolic of a life in sin. You're leaving Jericho, you're tearing down the walls of Jericho. And we see even the temptations of Jericho when Achan is told, do not take anything from Jericho. And he does. And then the next company, the next group, the next town, which was the nation of Ai, they were defeated by Ai because of the sin that was committed in Jericho. But there's something about Jericho. Listen, the church is not to stay just in Jerusalem so much the church. The church is not supposed to just stay in our four walls and never leave. But the church is commissioned to go into the world, the place of Jericho, and to share the gospel, live the gospel, and be the gospel to those that are outside these four walls. In fact, this is not a, as they would say, a diss or a derogatory term. I am not trying to cut down anybody that's not part of the church or part of the kingdom. But the fact of the matter is, is that if you are not saved, you are a part of a group of people that the church is commissioned to go into the world, to preach the gospel, live the gospel, be the gospel, because they need to hear the gospel. The church is those that have accepted Jesus Christ. We have been called out of darkness, and now we're in His marvelous light, but our mission is to go. Go to all. We can't pick and choose. We can't just go to our families. We can't just go to those that we feel comfortable with. We must go into all the world and be the light of the world, the salt of the earth, and share Jesus in Jericho. Say amen, somebody. So many times we find ourselves scared of Jericho. But they need it. The mission is so imperative to the church. The mission of go, the mission of witness, the mission of being the church in the world is so imperative to the church. The gospel is for Jericho. Jesus walks into this place called Jericho because the word was for Jericho. The word is for the world. Did anybody grow up with friends that had everything? Maybe you didn't have that one only child. 
that was a friend, and had every toy that they possibly could get at a young age, and they would bring it to kindergarten, or first grade, or second grade, or high school, I'm just joking, but they would bring it to all of those, and they wouldn't want you to play with their toys because it was their stuff. And you ever heard the phrase, just take your toy and go home and play with it, don't let nobody else do it, and play with it and enjoy it? Everybody knows or has had a friend like that. Anybody? Oh, I had plenty. I was not the only child, and I didn't get, I, I, got, I got my toys at the West, is it Western Auto. That's where I got my toys. I got GoBots instead of Transformers most of the time. Anybody that grew up under that time, when I grew up, you would know what I'm talking about. That was the cheaper knockoff form of Transformers. You see my office, I didn't have that growing up. That's why I got it now, because I like to look at it. I'm bringing up old wounds. The gospel, though, is not a toy. It is a life-changing news and experience for the world. And it is not our news to keep to ourselves. It is not our news to keep in this church on these pews and inside these four walls. But the gospel, you are not the exception. You are, a, you are an example of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe it's still in the book of Psalms that says, If it had not been for the Lord, where would we be? I want you to understand, God has been good to you. The gospel has saved you. And it is our job to go into the world and share it with them. Hallelujah. I don't want anybody to get scared about going into the baptistry. I hit my foot there for a moment and I thought about it. So it's on my mind. It's on my mind. It's on my mind. It is not our toy to go home and play with. It is for. They are important because it's our mission. We talked about it last week. Your conduct, your actions is a witness in the world. How you live your life, how you conduct your life, it is a witness. The truth of the matter is you may be the only message that a person that you work with, a person that you frequent at a business, a person that you see out in social areas, they may, they may never hear a sermon, but they may see the way you live. And the question is, what are you projecting to them? What are they seeing? What are they hearing? And it is the mission of the church to go and share the gospel. I've made a I've made a decision in my life. And I'm going to go to the next point. And I said, Lord, you know, as a preacher, we get so, we get so, we get to the point to where we think that our mission is just behind this pulpit. And my, my witness is behind this pulpit. But I said, to them, I've, I've tried to pray this way. God, let me go out and share the gospel with somebody. Let me go out and just, I don't have to tell them they're sinners. I don't have to look at them and tell them they're going to hell. I may run into somebody that's that's down and out of life, and I need to just tell them, hey, I'm praying for you. Hey, the Lord loves you. Hey, where do you go to church? I've tried my best over the last couple of weeks to do that in preaching. 
preaching this message series. And what I've discovered is there's some people that don't care to hear it. They will blow you off. But then there are others that'll say, well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. I want the Lord Jesus and the witness of his gospel to be seen in my life everywhere I go. I want them to understand that I would be lost and undone without God or his son. That the blessings that I have, they didn't come by the sweat of my brow or the working of my hands. They came from the mighty blessings of Almighty God. He took those works. He took those things and he blessed those and he used me and he's given me what I have today. And I want them to hear about Jesus in Jericho. They matter not only because it's the mission, but they matter because they need a Savior. Yes. See, every one of us has been somewhere where people were just getting a paycheck. Maybe you've been there before. When I was in the potato fields, I was just getting a potato paycheck. That's all I wanted. I, you know, I was so miserable out there. As they lifted that center up and set that center down. As they called me father because I was a preacher and they were Hispanic. They would say, Father, I said, I'm a Pentecostal preacher. But that's all they know was father. I was like, God, get me out of this place. As they gave me a stick and I was pushing down those sprouts so the potatoes would, would, would go in and, and be harvested and grow into a good, fine potato. I said, Lord, get me out of this field. And when I got my paycheck, guess what I did? I went to the guy, his name was Russell, he, were, he was in our church. I said, Russell, I won't be back for harvest. I got my paycheck, I'm done, I'm going to camp here. Because that's what I was working for. You know, I never called them about the harvest. I never called them and said, hey Russell, how did the harvest check out? How did the potatoes turn out? I had had a hand in it, but I was only working for a paycheck. See, the kingdom of God is not just us working for a paycheck. We don't go to them because it's something he said do and we don't care about them. Oh no. We go to them because they need a Savior. If you don't know Jesus, you're lost. And if you don't know Jesus, you need a Savior. There are Zacchaeuses out in that world that need a Savior. In fact, when you look at the scene of a tax collector, my daddy was a tax collector, and I I just want to let you know he wasn't anything like this description. But in those days, tax collectors were despised and considered traitors because they worked for the Roman Empire. And they were considered as corrupt people. And later in this story, we, we realize that Zacchaeus was that. Because when he found Jesus, he said, I will go back and I will make every restitution. I will make every wrong right. And I want you to understand that there are people out in this world and they may frequent this church and they need a Savior. And sometimes the church is so quick to look at somebody's bad somebody's poorness, somebody's uncleanness, somebody's lostness, and we think that they have been tossed out. But I want to remind you about a man named Matthew who was a tax collector and was put into the, 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 the group of the disciples. I'm going to remind you about a woman at the well in John 4 that was a woman that was not living a godly life, but the Lord changed her at a well. I want to remind you about a woman 
tells you they need a Savior just like you needed a Savior. I'm reminded of the words of Paul when he said such words some of you. Let me tell you I wasn't a bad sinner as they would say but I was still a sinner. You may have looked at my life and said boy you was on your way to heaven. I'm telling you I was not because I did not know Jesus. But when I found him he changed my life forgave me of my sins and put me on my way to heaven. And that's where they're at today in the world. They just need a preacher and a speaker and a witness. They're important. They matter because they're lost. Zacchaeus' name literally means clean. Although he was dirty. How many people out there, if you would be a witness or if I would be a witness or if the church would be the city on a hill, how many people out there, if they were to find the real Jesus, if they were not to find the Jesus that they hear about on TV, if they were not to find the Jesus where we, we get on our soapboxes and we get on our agendas and we worry about all of those things, but if they were to find the real authentic Jesus that Zacchaeus found, how many people up out, out in the world could be the next Billy Graham? How many people out in the world could be the next Sunday school teacher? How many people out in the world could be the next prayer warrior, the next musician, the next singer? How many people out in the world could be the next Christian that begins to feed the homeless and clothe the necklace, the naked? Let me tell you, they are important because they need a Savior. People will lean in when they see the real Jesus. I don't know what their hindrance is, but when they see the real deal, they'll lean in. For Zacchaeus, his hindrance was he was short. He couldn't see Jesus. He was looking, he was looking everywhere. I, I can't see him. I can't, I can't, I can't find him. I've heard about him. I know he's here. I can't see him. I, I'm, I'm wicked. I, I'm, I'm filthy. I just cheated somebody of taxes. I told them they owed, it, owed this and I got this. And I'm, 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 I'm scum. But I want to see Jesus. I've heard about a man that can change the lost and change the sinner. And when they see the authentic Jesus, the Bible said Zacchaeus looked at a sycamore tree and said, I'll go to whatever extent I have to go. I'll climb up the sycamore tree. It's almost like the woman with the issue of blood. She said, I'll reach through the crowd. You understand when you go up into a sycamore tree, it's a lot of effort. But you'll do whatever it takes so you can see Jesus. There is a world, God help me, there is a people out in this world that they will do anything, I believe, if they get a view of the real Jesus. If they hear about a church that's on fire. If they hear about a church that despite all of their falls, they're turning everything up to the Lord. They hear about a church that their theme is, I will lift my eyes up to the hill from where my help comes from. I want to go where that Jesus is being preached. I want to go where grace is found, where mercy is discovered, where lives are changed. I want to go. They will lean in to what they see when they see Jesus. They're important. 
When's the last time that you have witnessed to the lost? When is the last time that you've witnessed to the Zacchaeus of the world? Not when is the last time they've been to church, but when have we witnessed to them? In fact, the Zacchaeuses of this world matter, not just because it is the mission of the church, not just because they need a Savior, but because they can be a catalyst for revival. You understand, I believe that the best church growth is when you see the Zacchaeuses of the world come into the church. Just go with me for a moment as I get into this realm of almost imagination. And join me in a church of the Lord Jesus Christ in the New Testament. If there were a bunch of people that was beginning to gather, they were to build a cathedral and, and a place of worship and Jesus was the pastor. And all of a sudden you see Zacchaeus walk in and he's about that short and you know he used to rob people of taxes but now he is serving the Lord and then the next person comes in and it's a woman that's had four or five wives and she used to go and she would get well from the water from the well but now she's left her bucket at the well and she's coming and joining in in the service and they're looking at her and saying I know what she used to be. I know what she used to do. I know who she used to be with and now she's serving the Savior join me as we begin to witness the next one that walks down the aisle and she is simply known as the woman that was caught in adultery oh what a embarrassment it had to be that knowing that people were spying on her and people had caught her in such a lewd act but now she walks into the church not worried about whether they saw her in her previous lifestyle not worried about whether or not she maybe had been with somebody in the church in her previous lifestyle. She just simply has met the Lord Jesus Christ and now she just wants to lift up his name. You tell me when you find a church like that and you start hearing about the lost being found, the dirty being clean, and the poor becoming rich, you will all of a sudden have a church where people will say, I've got to go to that place because something is happening. It's not just happening in the four walls of the church, but it's happening outside. As we used to say, it's happening in the highways, the byways, and the hedges. The church's mission is to go. The church's focus is the lost. And let me tell you, when they're found, the church will see revival like never before. I'm going to close with this story. This story. Brother Cutshaw tells about a man that got saved in his church. Got saved. Zach, would you come and, and, and help me out with the guitar just for a moment? Because we're going to close. I want you to just, if you would, just strum that last song. Brian Cutshaw tells this story. Those that are getting baptized, if you would, would you maybe find your place? female over here or male over here. Y'all look at me just for a moment. So Brian Cupshaw tells a story. And he was in a large church in St. Louis. You may have heard me tell this story. I don't know if I've ever told it on a Sunday morning. But he 
said a man was over on this side or maybe that side. He found he, that he was in the altar. Everybody listen. Everybody listen. Let's don't, let's don't let anything distract us because this, this is a high point to leave with. He was over there and he was breakdancing. The sermon as he was preaching, he said he was, I guess, doing the spinning thing, whatever you do. I can't do it. I wouldn't get up. <laughs> Never could do it. He was over there break dancing, just, just getting with it. And elders were looking, they were saying, somebody needs to get him. Y'all ever been like that in church? See, y'all, they won't get in it. Somebody needs to get him. Pastor! I'm just joking. So they come to him and they say, Pastor. Something like this guy. We need to get him. He's he's causing a scene. He's breakdancing. He's 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 acting foolish. Finally, they went over there and they talked to him. And I think he went up and he began to testify. He got up and he said, "Listen, I used to be a DJ." He said, "The only dance I know is breakdancing." I think it was a DJ. He said, "But I came into the house of the Lord this morning." And I gave my life to Jesus. He said, I, I didn't know any other way to worship than break dance. He said, that's all I had was a break dance. But what I've got has changed my life. Now, I don't know about you, but what do you think that did? When that boy walked out of that church and he was changed and all he knew was a break dance. But everybody he got in contact with and his life was truly changed, he was telling them about Jesus. Well, you are a DJ. How do you know about? Well, I don't know how I know about. I found Jesus and he changed my life. What about that other person in the church that was reserved? And they said, I've been in church for 25 years and I can't make a scene. But they see a man over there breakdancing because he found a Savior. Church, their presence matters because when they come into the church, they will be the the best witness that we have ever had in our existence. Stand with me. Now here's what we're going to do. This is Pastor Michael Mooneyham. I want to say thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We are so thankful that you chose to join us in this way, but we would also love for you to come and join us in person at 1102 Sergeant John Pittman Parkway in Greenwood, Mississippi. Our service time is at 1040 a.m., and we would love to see you here. Thank you once again for listening, and we hope to see you soon. God bless.